your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects towards your guest's mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Lau. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you for taking your time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guest. My prayers go out to everyone for a healthy and happy 2019, and today is February 5th, 2019, so I'm sure that we have a lot of good things coming, and I feel good about 2019. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss anything from any of my guests and please share it with your friends because they can get a lot out of my guests' information too. And you can find the link on my website, thecelestialspoon.com. I am your turquoise angel guide, an award-winning author and speaker, advocate for mental health, psychic, medium, and spiritual guide along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. I love spending time with my grandchildren. It is so much fun. And the best part, as everybody says, is that they they do go home, so my energy can rebuild the next day. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment. After a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others, to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. Please check it out on my website. If you have any questions, you can always email me at katherine at katherinemlaub.com. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am excited today to be interviewing Melinda J. Kelly, who thought that she would glide through her professional life into retirement at her privately held publishing and business counseling firm. Then life stepped in and made her question all the plans she had allowed to become hers. As she started looking at what she wanted to to follow, what she wanted, she followed the traditional paths of wisdom and went for help from others. Sometimes it was great, but sometimes it wasn't. How were other people getting all the secrets of life and she was going home feeling still empty. 
It was the start of those questions that opened up a lot of thinking, questions, and even a new adventure ahead. We will be discussing Melinda's book, Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within, and inspiring you to dive deep to find your coach. I'm looking forward to learning more about Diving Deep Within with, with Melinda. So hello, Melinda. Welcome. Hello. I'm absolutely delighted to be joining you. Yes, I'm delighted to have you. It's really great to have you here. And like I just said, I'm looking forward to diving deep within as we talk because I know I have things that can always be worked on and um, I'm feeling good about your process maybe helping something that I'm missing. Well, nothing would make me happier. So I say I stubbed my toe a few times and I would love it if no one else stubbed their toes ever again. Yes, that makes a great discussion. Wow. Never looked at it that way. So everyone, before we got on the call, we were talking about my uh, business trip a week and a half ago. I was in Florida in a training, and the temperature started. It was like 65 to 70 on the 23rd when I arrived, and by Monday when I went to Disney with my group of people, the temperature was only 40 degrees. It was like, oh my God, people are wearing coats in Disney. So I was telling Melinda how what I did, um, I had gotten sick at the event, so I went with everybody kind of late, and I wandered around myself and ended up going into the Robinson's Treehouse, which I would never do before because I'm afraid of heights. So I say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I just shared that with Melinda. And Melinda, please um, share what your response to that was. I was so excited for you. First of all, you still have the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. We mm -hmm. don't have it anymore at Disneyland where I'm located. And just your even mentioning that brought back all the childish joy and enthusiasm of scampering up. But the other thing I was so impressed with, number one, your candor about being a little apprehensive and going up. But you mm -hmm. did it. You did, did it and had this lovely adventure up in the treehouse. Yes. And that was a great share. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and I just I so appreciated your candor because I thought what a perfect starting place to talk about finding your coach or looking for assistance. It's that giant leap of faith when we're feeling vulnerable to try something. And I believe most of the time it ends up hap you know, turning out beautifully, but mm. we still get a little scared. Maybe it won't. Right. <laughs> I think there's always a little bit of fright in everybody, as confident as they are. I would agree. And there's no, I always think nothing more fun than when you get to the top of the treehouse. And they've, I think the top of the treehouse was the beautiful bedroom or, or the mm -hmm. crow's nest. And you get up there, and, and it's like the world's in front of you. And, yep. and what a beautiful parallel for life, too. Definitely, Yes. Thank you for putting it that way. Well, thank you for sharing your Disney trip. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, the original reason why we were talking about it was because of the crazy weather. And I'm in New York, and 
it was like four degrees on Thursday and today it's 65 and it's like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. (laughs) 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 It's, it's all over the world. This, this temperature thing is really crazy. Well, I'm out here where I'm not allowed to complain because I fully admit I'm spoiled. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I was looking at my cards and I pulled from the Archangel Michael deck. And the card says, ask Archangel Michael to help you with this situation. I don't think it's a specific situation that he's talking about here. I think the picture is doing all the speaking. It's showing that your power is within and it comes both from God and the universe through your crown chakra and through your body and then you send it back out the same way and it's really powerful energy. And there's... It looks like there's castles in the background. So what I'm hearing is that you have some sort of royalty in either a relative from this life or a past life. So if you're able to look into that and find out, please let me know if it was this lifetime. And go ahead. I was going to say that's, that's quite lovely. But the other thing that I think is sort of amusing and fitting is I talk about you know, we all have our castle in the air, but sometimes we forget to build steps to get up there. Oh, my goodness. I told you the card was what was meant. The picture was what it meant because I don't feel you have any situations that you're worried about right now. And the other is I was raised with a discussion of there's two forms of right in the, of might in the world. And there's physical strength and moral strength and the one that's stronger is moral hmm and that really is you can you can physically overpower a situation but i believe gandhi has proven to all of us that um there's a lot more in in the quiet internal peace that we can show yes and i still have to work on that myself I, and do. yes, yes, yes. But um, everybody asks me, do I meditate? And I don't sit and actually be quiet to meditate. For me, it's using my jigsaw puzzles, which are on my phone. And I'll spend an hour at a time doing my jigsaw puzzle because it's relaxing, distracting. And I get my messages at that time. So I don't specifically meditate. That's I've also heard of people talk about a walking meditation, mm-hmm. about being able to go and just take a long walk and be at one with nature and allow it, allow everything to fill you that way. Right. There are many different ways. The more people I talk to, I learn about so many different ways of meditating, and especially something I don't do too much is actually breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I I do have sleep apnea, so at night I have to use the CPAP machine for when I stop breathing. It actually prevents the um, the messages going to my brain and the blood flow from being stopped. So during the day, I'll all of a sudden say, "Oh my God, I don't feel like I've been breathing," and then I get out of breath. <laughs> it's it's crazy. 
but that's that's a very important thing. Um, people I interviewed last week were telling me about the belly breathing, and I've been trying to consciously pay attention on a daily basis now and trying to make it a routine because I know the breath itself is very powerful. Mm -hmm. So, Melinda, can you please give us a brief background of where you've come from and how you've gotten to where you're at now and what you do now? Well, as I allude to, I was having this lovely life where I was just sailing along personally and professionally, and everything else was going great. I had been in my family's privately held publishing business, and everything was just sailing. And what had originally been technologically unique and unbelievable with time and technology had become sort of normal and passe. And I was struck with the question, which is a hard one, of what did I want to do? Did I want to reinvent? Is this what I wanted to do? Did I have the energy to do it? And then another one is, even though this is something I'd done my entire life and was good at, is this what I wanted to do? And then I had some other areas of my life also collide. And it caused me to really take a moment and have to go, I'm fortunate to be in this position that I can take the time and look at where to now. Not everybody gets that. Sometimes we're so busy just getting up to get to work, to get to wherever, that by the end of the day we don't have the energy to ask those questions. Uh And I was fortunate to be able to do that. And I realized that maybe I didn't want to continue doing what I was doing, that maybe it was something that professionally might have run its course for me or personally was no longer bringing me the same satisfaction. You know, the the joy of a family business is that you work with your family. And the pain of a family business is that you work with your family. Yep. (laughs) And with my father's passing and my taking over the reins, I realized that a lot of that synergy and camaraderie an adventure that we'd had together was was gone. And all things changed, but that was a big change. And I started to try to think, what do I want to do? And just drew a blank. And I'm thankful a friend suggested someone that I began to work with. And we started exploring dreams. And it made me realize how we give up on our dreams. We stop yeah. daydreaming. We stop thinking about big dreams. When we're little kids, we have a new dream every 20 minutes. And it brought back something that my whole life I've wanted to do and thought I'd like to do and people thought I should do, which was to write. And it was very hard for me to accept re-embracing that dream. And then I started to work with someone else and working with a writing coach and had this very interesting experience where I've had the luxury of working with some incredible people. And Mm -hmm. everyone out there, I believe when they go into the coaching profession, I believe they're coming from a place of service 
and that they are there to help you. Yes. So if everyone in the room is figuring out all sorts of great things and I'm not, maybe the problem isn't the person at the top of the room. Maybe the problem is me. And that started me looking at what were some of the traits and the tendencies that I was doing that maybe were holding me back. And so when I say I don't want anybody else stubbing their toe, I want us all to have everything. And it would be so much nicer if we got to get there at first instead of as at last. Yes. And that's how this book started. And I have to tell you, I originally started writing out a little story in fiction. And I still love that little story, and it will get done. But this book just wanted to be written. And I've rolled my eyes when people say that. And now I understand. Sometimes things just want to be. Yep. And so that's how we got to finding your coach, diving deep within. And I look forward to reading it and applying it to myself. Like I said in the beginning, that I'm sure that whatever else you're going to share with us is going to be a great help for me. And that... Um, at some point, maybe you can do a, some sort of a walkthrough with me so people can experience how you work with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Happy to. Because this way, uh, I'm, I'm helping you gain more clients. And by the example, people already know, oh, yes, I want to work with her. Okay. Well, thank yes. you. You're welcome. So what kind of information did you put in this book that was a a shift from your original thoughts? Well, I started to look at, I found that I love questions. And I don't know that we're really raised to like questions. When Once again, when we're little kids, and I guess you're talking about Disneyland at the beginning and Disney World was perfect Mm -hmm. because when we're little kids, everything is so exciting and such an adventure. We have a million questions and a million everything. But then we get into school and it's all about answers. And questions, if you ask a question, you're sort of like, oh, well, you're asking a question. And then we get into our first job and we want to be so good and we're a little reticent to ask a question because we're not sure if they're going to think we don't know what we're doing. And little by little, we stop asking questions and we just accept. And I really believe that questions can be our best friends. They help us understand where we're going, what we want to do. They can offer us comfort. I think we've all had an odd experience and we've called up a friend and go, you know, this just happened. Is that weird? And we're so yes. thankful when they say, yes, that was really weird. <laughs> right. And we know it was weird, but we, we've sort of stopped trusting that it was weird. <laughs> right. And so in discovering how much I love the questions, I had to sit there and ask myself an awful lot of them. And it really helped me start to understand myself a little bit better. Because we we all start out perfect. 
And then we get a little quirky. Yes. And I had to own that I had a few little quirks. And in understanding how I was bringing a quirk into a coaching relationship, I'm more than likely bringing that into a professional relationship or a friendship because pretty much whatever we do in one area of our lives, we're probably doing the same thing in others. If you've got a junk drawer in your kitchen, I bet in your office you've also got a little box or something that's got everything you don't know where to put. Yep. And I have a room full of stuff like that. <laughs> no, Unfortunately. No, no. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the emergency room. Because yeah. <laughs> if you need it, it's in there. Everything's in the emergency room. Yeah, well, that's most of my house. I'm borderline hoarder, so <laughs> my question is, why do I hold on to it? Oh, we all know those. We're all sentimental <laughs> souls. Yep. They tell you to exactly. take a picture of it, and that only sometimes works. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but it... it as I started doing this, it was like, you know what? By asking the questions of myself, it helped me understand myself better. And by this, because I'm sounding very ethereal, one of the mm. things I realized is I'm a nice person. And I'm totally good with that. I want to be mm. a nice person. But nice people tend to be people-pleasing people. Yes. And that sometimes means we are so busy thinking about others, we don't think about ourselves. And just fine-tuning a simple thing could be the difference of night and day. If someone says to me, why don't we meet at 1 o'clock? And I know I have an 11 o'clock appointment across town, and it'll probably go to noon, and traffic is always who knows, and then I've got to park. Well, yeah, I could probably slide in there at 1 o'clock. Right. But then who am I doing a favor to? Because I'm not mentally present. I'm scrambled from the drive. Yep. And I'm not really giving them my best self. And if they're talking with me, I may not be hearing them. But if I take a moment and just say, you know, Thursday would be great, but would it be possible to meet a little bit later, maybe one fifteen or one thirty? Mm-hmm. That would that would give me enough time to arrive and, and really be there. Most people are going to say, "Oh, that would be fine." Yep. And some people might say, "Gosh, I've got a really packed day that day," but you've begun a discussion, right. and so now both of your needs are getting met. And so it's not you getting lost. It's the two of you finding a time that works for both of you. And sometimes I I feel we forget that we don't have to automatically say yes. We could also say, gosh, what about? Yeah. I did learn that the hard way myself. Well, and we've (laughs) all arrived. And we all arrive five minutes late for something. And You know, it gets tiring saying, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. Yep. And I understood that's something I do, that I overbook myself or I don't realize that I need that extra time 
or that when someone says, would you like to do this, that maybe the answer is yes, but not right now. Mm-hmm. And if I'm working with someone, either with them as my mentor or someone who's come to me for you know consulting, to sit there and say, really, what is the time frame? What is the urgency? What is the priority? To break this down out of Tuesday at 2 o'clock into what is trying to be achieved. Because all we see is this giant clock instead of seeing what it is we're trying to do. Yes. I could throw something in there that is actually I'm experiencing today. My best friend texted me earlier and asked if we can talk sometime today. And it's like, okay, well, I was driving to the doctor's office, so I can't answer now. Then I get to the doctor's office, and I don't have the connection on the phone. So it's like, well, I'm running out of time to tell her yes or no if we can spend time together. And the more I thought about it, that that was a distraction to give me time to say, no, I am booked today. Let's talk tomorrow. So... and that is so normal. And what you're saying, I also feel, is as we step into a new life, our friends are all for it. But it also is hard for them to understand the shifts that are going on with us. And yep. if they're used to your always being available, we yep. don't want to disappoint them. But sometimes exactly. we have to because it's important we take care of us. Right. And that's what I said in my opening, and I say with every one of my opening, is that I share my experiences because I want people to go deep within, just like we're talking about, to recognize their inner messages to know, oh my goodness, now it makes sense. I should really reach out for help because I don't know how to take care of myself. And that's where I'm coming from because although I had a therapist and and psychiatrists and whatever back at this, you know, 2014, that it just, things weren't pulled together medically for me. And a lot of people may not recognize if they're in the same circumstance that maybe you have to coordinate with your therapist, your psychiatrist, your regular doctor, and make sure that you're innermost problems are being spoken about. So this conversation is really great for that type of person. And as I said earlier, I so respect and appreciate your speaking out for mental health and that it's, it's a, something that's a part of you just as the color of your eyes, you know, if you have freckles or you don't, it's part of who we are. And right. Everything can be going along fabulously, but we, as human beings, are very delicate little creatures. Yep. And sometimes just one pile too many on that pile of things we've got doing can take us out of whack. Yes. And I'm so very thankful that you have learned ways to understand when you're starting to feel out of whack and you're Mm -hmm. sharing that gift with others. Thank you. And I do want to share, thank you for reminding me, because those that have been following my journey, that in November and December, we forgot myself and my psychiatrist to discuss 
taking the medication that's going to prevent me from struggling through the seasonal affective disorder. But once I got on the right medication, within three or four days, I was feeling so much better and I, I was able to do things again. And it, you know, you, you need to follow your own symptoms and reach out and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling now. Just because you're on one medication doesn't mean it's the right answer. I have gone through so many different medications and now this was an added medication to help me feel better and I am feeling great and I'm so happy to share that because you, you see my up and down and know that I'm real and I experience all the same things that you do and I just hope that my message gets out to you and you're saying to myself, oh my God, I know what she's talking about. I know I need to talk to someone. So please do so and know you can feel better like I do right now. And I would add, listen to yourself when you question yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Melinda, what do you mean by who's in the room with you? Oh, we all have a lot of, well, the word I use is ghosts, but I mean them as very friendly ghosts. Mm. Because we can walk into the room and we don't realize that, well, we've accidentally made a therapist, a counselor, a mentor. We've made them our mother. Mm. Now, this lovely person that's just there to help us is not our mother. But somehow we want their parental approval. We've made them an authority figure. And so we want to make them happy with us. We want them to shine and say we're doing everything just beautifully. We want to hear from them all the things we didn't hear from from our parents or all sorts of things. Well, that's all very lovely, except then we're not getting our needs met we've got a ghost of something else that's haunting us. Hmm. And we're not allowing ourselves to have a true and honest working relationship with someone. Wow. Well, well thank you for that. But yes. we, don't, we don't think... These are things we've been doing our entire lives. And they're so second nature, we don't even think about them because it's like breathing. It's just who we are. Mm-hmm. But is it fair to somebody to get mad at them because they're not reading our mind or understand I've just made them my mother? Wow. That is a, a, a big recognition for me because, yes, uh, everything that I said in therapy, I wanted recognition of, yes, you're, you're on the right path and, and, you know, I wanted the positive look on everything. Mm-hmm. And part of the, the relationship is, yes, you're going to get encouragement of, you know, you're following, you're, you created your plan, you're moving in the direction you wanted to, and that's all legitimate and true. But if we're wanting to make them our parent, then we're not allowing them the, the luxury and the ability of their profession to help fine-tune us to get where we say we want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's when I say your little cranky five-year-old shows up. 
That's I like that. <laughs> well, because we all have a cranky five-year-old. They might be a we three-year-old, do. a five-year-old. They might be a thirteen-year-old, you know, teenager that has just whatever. Yeah. But we've got that <laughs> tendency within us. I have a five-year-old. Yes. My five-year-old shows up and sort of like, I don't want to. <laughs> and like all good five-year-olds, about three minutes later, it's over. Right. But I need to own that I bring this little five-year-old who might hear something and immediately reject. Right. When I actually know this really might be good for me. And the reason I'm rejecting is it scares me. Right. Or it feels, or it feels too much. Or I don't feel I'm ready for it. That mm-hmm. a lot of these things we may be bringing into the room are ways we've protected ourselves. But, of Mm -hmm. course, the other part of protecting ourselves is sometimes we hold ourselves back. Yes. If we're afraid, I think the first time anyone jumps on a bicycle, you're terrified. But if you don't jump on the bicycle the first time, how will you find out this is going to be the adventure of your life? Right. I actually... (laughs) I bought a bicycle two years ago saying, okay, that's what I'm going to use for my exercise. And then I got on it. I was afraid. I couldn't just start pedaling. It's like, well, okay. On another day when I have no fear in me, I will try again. And that was the only time I got on it so far. (laughs) Maybe an exercise bicycle. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Again, I just have to be feeling good about myself that day and say, you know what, if I fall, I fall. <laughs> or maybe just take a, tool, a little tool around the block and check out everyone's new spring gardens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you brought that up. So that was the second time that I tried to get on the bike the first time. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I have another question. What do you mean by happiness or success? Oh, this is near and dear to my heart. Okay. I, you know, with all the wisdom of a 17-year-old at my graduation, I was given this little Limoges box. And on it it said, success is getting what you want, but happiness is wanting what you get. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. What a lovely little frou-frou. But yet, I've taken with me wherever I've lived, wherever I've moved, whatever I've done. In part because, you know, you could say our hoarding issues, but I'm going to say the sentimentality of it is it came from a dear friend of the family. Yes. And I think there's a great amusement that as I've gone through life, the words on top of the box, resonate with me in ways I never could have understood as a 17-year-old. Right. We, we tend to think of success in this limited, finite definition. Mm-hmm. That if I only have X number of dollars, I'm a success. And in doing that, I really feel we have robbed ourselves of so many successes in our lives. Success has 
so many different ways of being viewed. If if you've ever been part of a choir or a chorus or a musical group, there's the moment you all realize that you're going to be working together. There's the moment you realize each of your talents benefit the other one. There's the moment you you know practice a song and it sounds great. There's the moment you get and you do your first performance, and it is magical. Every one of those items is a success. But when we reduce success into all or nothing, that I need to be a Grammy award-winning performer to be a musician, we rob ourselves of the success of playing music with others, of singing together, We take the joy and the happiness within that away because we've reduced it to this, it must be this or that, instead of seeing the process of each and everything has so many moments to celebrate and be happy about and that are successful. And this is very interesting. I'm I'm so happy that you put it that way because every year I choose a word for the year. And this year, my word is success. And I didn't look at the whole picture like you just said, but in my mind, my success is actually creating an income because I've already achieved so many different successes as as you're putting them as my podcast. I'm in 17 collaborative books, one of them my own. And just I've done so much. Last year, my word was accomplished. So this year, success to me means having an income. So I love that you brought that into the conversation about there's so many different successes that we can celebrate. Well, and you can be celebrating that you are opening ideas up to other people, that you're improving the quality of lives, that you are Mm -hmm. offering healing and possibility to others, that you're removing stigma for people who are embarrassed about, you know, that they fell down. Everybody falls down. It's the getting up. It's the being brave enough to sit there and say, well, this is what's happening. There are so many successes within each of our days, but we diminish them because it has to be something. We have to solve world peace. Well, world right. peace starts with being good friends with your next-door neighbor. Yep. And not fighting when their dog barks or, you know, their tree overhangs. Success is is an intimate local issue as well as a global issue. Uh-huh. If I and, could send, I could send yeah. you an email, and that's giving you communication. Right. But I could be walking along the street and see someone and smile, and I've given them more information in my smile than an email would have. Yes. That's tangible and intangible. Yes. And my favorite description of that one I share often is when you're in the line in the grocery store or any store and the cashier seems to be having a bad day, I just look and say, hi, how are you? I like the color of your shirt or, oh, your headband's beautiful or or whatever. And it changes their mood immediately. So that's changing the world one by one. And why wouldn't we want any time any experience we have with another person to be fully present. 
Mm-hmm. It's That's right. our honoring, our spirit honoring their spirit, and taking that moment that we happen to bounce into each other and and relishing it. Yes. Exactly. Having respect for one another. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you're you're just talking crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> We have to put it out there to make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's all part of my mission, and, and you know, I, I love sharing it. But we're running low on time, so I want to ask you one more question, um, which just hits home very hard. Another webinar, another retreat? <laughs> oh, this started because I was at this lovely event and as you start searching you will discover there are so many things out there there's online programs they're local at your community college or high school or library there are a million ways to get information and they're all fabulous but I'm out here where everybody and their puppy has something wonderful and You know, you can go to this retreat and that retreat and what have you. But we have to show up. Mm -hmm. And too often, it's very easy to sign up for a webinar and you're a little bit bored. You're not really paying attention. You're going to go check your Facebook. And Mm -hmm. uh, as long as I'm here, I'll go check my email. And suddenly it's over. Now, you're going to listen to the replay, but then you'll lose time. So who have you harmed? What have you gained? You've cut yourself time, and you haven't learned what you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And we need to know who we are. And... If my tendency is that I'm going to do all this other stuff, well, then maybe I need to listen to a webinar on my smartphone with a headset in the park. Because I, I, can't, resist the, I can't resist the temptation if I'm on the computer to do too many things. Or if I'm going to go to a conference, have I really prepared myself for it? Am I mm-hmm. there to learn and to listen? Or am I worried about what's going on at home? What's going on with the business? What, oh, I shouldn't have taken this time. If I'm going to take the time, I need to own it as sacred for myself and respect that my time, I'm worth my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm worth being there fully and completely. And with that, am I there believing I could do this and be this? Or hoping I could do this and be this? Have I really owned the dream that I'm trying to move into? Do I understand the dream that I'm moving into? Or is this just something shiny and bright? And I think it could be really good. And maybe I should look into it. Yeah, that's what I should do. We can easily distract ourselves because there is so much available out there as well. So the good side is, my heavens, There's a lot of stuff to help you get where you'd like to be. But if you aren't careful, 
you can go down a rabbit hole of too much and suddenly you're confused because you don't really know where you want to be and what you want to do. Yep. I cannot go that. <laughs> because when I am at a conference in person, I am fully present. Except for the days that I'm tired and it's like, oh my God, I hope they give us a break in a few minutes you know, <laughs> to wake up again. But otherwise, I am fully present and learning and absorbing. But what you said about the ones on the computer, that yes, I will, I'll be listening and checking my email and everything else. So I'm not fully present absorbing what I should. Just thinking to myself, well, subconsciously, it's in there someplace. So I really love that idea about going to the park to listen. That is excellent. Thank you. Go sit in your backyard. Once, <laughs> yep. once you, know, you get some more civilized weather, I have great respect that you, you live in real weather. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I bet you tomorrow I'll be 30 here again. No, 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 no. I, I want you to have another beautiful day. <laughs> I know. I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow. <laughs> I keep saying yes. I don't know whose weather this is, but they can have it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, I did mention... Um, we're running short on time, so really quick, what would you suggest with me from all the things I've interacted with you? Um, I guess what would the best questions for me be to be to let people know your suggestions? Well, I would say that with you, what is so beautiful is as you have found your voice with this show, with the Celestial Spoon, and knowing and understanding who you are, mm-hmm. and asking yourself questions, and being willing, and also great respect to your family, that they're willing to have you be open and honest with who you are and your experience, mm-hmm. that you have allowed yourself to be this showcase for, for greater thoughts and for openness. And that you've taken this and seen that you can take it to another direction and another dimension. Mm-hmm. And owning this dream and owning how to implement it so that it supports and helps you do it in a way that you can enjoy both. So that you don't... I, if anyone hasn't ever seen it, there's an old Ed Sullivan clip with a gentleman with the plates on his spoon on a, on a um, stick and he's spinning them yes and too often we get one plate spinning in the air and we add a second plate and then we add a third plate and watching this gentleman it was fascinating to see how many plates he could get in the air and keep spinning yep. and I often thought that is such a perfect statement of life because we can have our health and we can have our home and we can have our family and we can have our work and we can have our friends, and we can have a new hobby, and we can have, and we keep adding and to the point where we've exceeded our ability to sustain it. Yes. And so for each of us, I would think the question is to be honest with that that we have the time and the energy for, because we all want to do it a thousand percent and have it be fabulous. 
And when we aren't able to do what we think we can, we beat ourselves up. And so for each of us to have our best success, and part of that really is asking ourselves the question of how do I make this happen so that I can be happy in every aspect of my life. And that really did hit home because there are certain things that I keep on saying I want to do this, but I don't get to do it because I do allow the shiny objects to come in. And it's like, is that shiny object really worth taking my time away from creating my new podcast, which is what we were discussing earlier? So, or, or is that shiny object giving you yourself the permission to sort of distract yourself until you're really comfortable in owning this new dream? Hmm. Wow, that's a great way. Two we, different ways to look at it. You know, we we know what we want. We know what we should do. Every January, everybody plans that they're going to, you know, be model thin, have joined a book of the month <laughs> club, you know, yep. and done something <laughs> revolutionary in life. Yep. And each November, we're flying around trying to get one of them done. This actually, yes. we all knew exactly what we needed to do in January in order to get there. We just chose right. not to. Right. Exactly. And that's why I said this year is, my word is success, because I'm going to take all those shiny objects and all of those webinars and everything that I've gone to and put it together and create my success. <laughs> But please remember to be happy along the way. Oh, yes. success bring you the happiness you're hoping for. Yes, thank you. And that's for everybody because, you know, on my life before that day in 2014, everything was negative. Now, no matter what happens, I look for the positive in the situation. And that's how we have to get through every day. Mm-hmm. So... Completely we agree. are. There's, yes. there's always a surprise around the corner, and contrary to that rude remark, it's not usually a train. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I would like you to share about your calendar, and you have an upcoming program that I'd love for you to share about. Well. I welcome everyone to come to my website, melindajkelly.com, and if you'll send a note, I have a calendar. It's just a new way of looking at your year, full of suggestions for you to consider, add one, add ten, but just a new way of seeing our year. We, we tend to get in a happy, a happy routine of, you know, every January is a diet and every February is hearts and flowers, but... Let's look at it from another perspective, too. And then I am in uh, the process of putting together a uh, mastermind group on the power of questions, and we'll have more information on that in uh, the next coming months. Okay, so when you do have all of that information, please send it to me, and I will share it out. Well, thank you so very much. You're welcome. Yes, for sure. I'm looking forward to downloading the calendar and and see how it will help me on a daily basis, too. So thank you for that. 
more than well. Melinda, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to take away from our conversation? I would say the most important thing is for us to be kind and gentle to ourselves. On a daily basis, we all go out and do so much, and we don't tend to give ourselves credit for it. And we're always seeing that one thing we didn't get to instead of seeing the 99 we did. Right. To respect everything that we do in the course of a given day. And to just give yourself a little more credit than we tend to do. I guess really and truly that would be my greatest hope for everyone. And if it's finding your coach, if it's diving deep with whatever it is, Knowing who we are gives us our greatest strength and gives us our greatest ability to share and be there for the people we love and to be there for ourselves. Yes, that is so true. We have to practice self-love. And when we practice self-love, like they say on the airplanes, put on your oxygen mask first, because if you don't, you're not going to be capable of helping anybody else. So, Melinda, that was a great ending. Thank you so much. Well, you're so very welcome, and thank you for just such a delightful a delightful conversation. Yes, I love talking to my guests, and I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Melinda had to share. Please go and look for her calendar and pay attention to my newsletters and my messages that you can um, join her mastermind group when that comes out. And, excuse me, please remember to subscribe, getting tongue-tied here, subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any important information shared by my guests, and also remember to share it with your friends. My website is thecelestialspoon.com, which is T-H-E-C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L-S-P-O-O-N.com. And you can download a report on overcoming stress along with purchasing any of my products meant during a psychic readings. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you would like me to speak at your event, you can contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com, and that's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-L-A-U-B.com. If you email me and say you heard my podcast, I will give you a 10% discount on any service. If you are local to Central Suffolk County, New York, we can meet in person for any readings or trainings or anything and we can also talk on Skype, email and Zoom and all those wonderful internet related ways. So again, you can find Melinda at www.melindajkelly.com M-E-L-I-N-D-A-J K-E-L-L-Y dot com. And remember about her calendar and continue looking on her site and my pages to learn when her mastermind group is. Again, thank you, Melinda, for being here. And this is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day.
Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational, and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you liked this episode of The Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.